This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here. OTTR headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever it is you get your podcast from with our with our latest last week of wrestling, after darts, under bosses hard taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show wrestling every coming soon so if you like what you've seen you love professional wrestling you love independent wrestling you love everything about wrestling just yourself give us a tune you know you will not regret it blackheart out time to start your day the right way with front row material That is me. My name is Mike Freeland. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. I am on my own right now, but I will have the panel joining me shortly. Hope everyone's Tuesday night is going well. Uh, Hopefully you got a chance to check out the Freeland 5. We had a big show uh, earlier this afternoon. We covered the top five stories that are trending in wrestling right now. But I think without any, any doubt, the biggest story trending in wrestling right now is the passing of Scott Hall. And I want to kind of start off the show talking about that because no matter if you expect something to happen or you don't expect it or whatever it may be, um, when you're a, a pro wrestling fan and a death happens, it's a, it's a big loss. It's very difficult to you know compartmentalize and to digest. And I think especially with Scott, somebody who we saw him struggle so mightily for so many years and then things started to turn around and get better for him. And knowing that his body was breaking down due to wrestling, we've seen so many prior wrestlers, back surgeries, knee surgeries, hip surgeries, you know, be doing well, re recouping. And then uh, all of a sudden due to complications um, with a blood clot, he ended up suffering uh, 
what we've been told is three heart attacks. Then he went on to life support, and then uh, they took him off of life support around noon uh, yesterday, and um, he made it all the way until about 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time before he had expired. Um, it's so sad. It's such a sad thing. I, I was mentioning it on the five earlier today that it often reminds me of the ultimate warrior in so many ways. You know, the ultimate warrior had gone through so much and he finally came and he made peace, uh, not only with himself, but he made peace with a lot of the people in the business that he might've been at odds with. And, um, he came out and gave that amazing speech on Monday night raw. And then what was it? 24 hours, 48 hours later, he was gone. And um, it's sad. It's really sad when you hear people are, are getting their life back together and then something like this happens. And my thoughts and prayers are out to not only the Hall family, but to the legions of wrestling fans who loved Scott Hall. And from his AWA days to his early WCW days to his days in the WWF and, uh, and then back to WCW, even during his TNA stint as well, when he came back, um, so many different things that, that Scott has done and great matches. Um, throughout the course of the show tonight, I want you to hit me up in the chat and let me know what your favorite Scott Hall moment was, if you have a favorite Scott Hall match. Um, love to get your, your input on that. Uh, so with that being said, let's go ahead and let's bring in to the show. He's a regular. He's a Canadian. He is the leader of the behavior scale. Uh, it is Dr. Butt, if you will. Let's go ahead and bring him on in here. Mr. Butt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay, Freeland. How are you, Butt? You know what? I am I am doing well. Uh, obviously, with everything being taken into consideration. You know, it's interesting. You always know where you were when uh, a tragedy happens. And I remember where I was when I found out about Dusty Rhodes. I remember where I was when I found out about The Ultimate Warrior. And I think in, in so many regards, you know, people have thought this would have happened to Scott Hall many, many years ago. Uh, Kevin Nash gave an interview, and he said he was just preparing to wait for the phone call uh, when, when Scott had passed. But Scott really turned things around. Let me ask you this. It, it's so creepy. You go in for hip surgery, and all of a sudden a blood clot gets loose, three heart attacks, and now we're talking about you in the past tense. It's It's been a very surreal 24 hours. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's bad news bears. I mean, the guy had a, a rough road. He battled his demons. Uh, God bless him. Uh, from what you, from what you read, he was he was on the right side of things, and then to hear him go out like this, uh, it makes you think. Not to be morbid, but you don't know when your number is up. Uh, maybe you should try you to you know live life half decent. Uh, you know, enjoy life, make the most of it, be a good person, and, you know, and that's something we could all learn from. I mean, I'm the first one to admit I'm an asshole most of the time. But, you know, we you know we should all maybe just be a little bit, a little bit of a better person because when your number's up, your number's up, unfortunately. I don't, I don't say that in just, I don't say that to be smart or anything else. It's, it's just reality. Thing, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm 40. I just turned 43 a couple weeks ago. I would like to think I got a bunch of good years left in me. You don't know. 
You don't. You, you could get clipped by a car walking through a parking lot. Uh, you know, uh, uh, heaven forbid, for, for me, I could have an accident in my wood shop one night. You don't know. No, you don't. And, you know, try to try to make the most out of, out of everything. You know, enjoy life, be a good person. And, and I don't know. It's, 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 it's just hard. I was watching uh, on Peacock the the documentary series and there's so many things WWE does very well. And I will say production, they do well. Their documentaries are spot on. I absolutely love watching those. And I was watching, um, the one on razor Ramon. Um, and it chronicles so many things that he's gone through. And when he was a bouncer in a bar, and I think you can appreciate that. Um, he was a bouncer and then they said, Hey, the big money is bouncing in strip clubs. And so he started bouncing there and, one thing led to another, an unfortunate night where there was a tussle for a gun and uh, the gun accidentally went off and a guy died. And it seems like when I was watching that documentary, that was kind of the precursor to a lot of things that would happen to Scott um, subsequently. It was just trying to recover from something that was that tragic. And, you know, Scott had mentioned seeing a therapist and PTSD is, is a real thing. And, it's just tough. It's it's very very tough, and to know know the precursor to so many things, what led to maybe some of the the alcohol and substance abuse. It um, it breaks your heart because at the end of the day, he had no intentions of of having that happen in the parking lot, um, but he took it very 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 personal. And um, well, man. like you would, but Hall is from the generation, right or wrong, probably wrong. Uh, PTSD was foo foo. Oh, sure. Suck it up. Don't be yes. a big baby. Suck it up. Rub some dirt on it. Right, and you'll be all right. Just get over. It. You're being a big baby. Uh, no, we we know that now. That's not to knock that generation. That's not to knock the people. It was just different. Right, man. I know, as you know, I I was a bouncer for years, and I've seen some stuff. I seen the guy get gutted one night. Right, and it sticks in your head. You don't ever forget it. I couldn't imagine working and, and, and killing a guy. Right now, once again, did he kill him? No, but it resulted in a death. Right, Let me rephrase what I was saying. I apologize there, but I I couldn't imagine whether you're you feel like you're in the right or you're in the wrong. That's got a way on your mind. It has to. And a lot of people, once again, I've been a, a person to do it, turn to the bottle to, to deal with stuff, right? Or thankfully it never been me, but pills or, or, or God only knows whatever else. I mean, he, he had a rough road. I mean, he was not an old man, right? And he lived through a lot of stuff. You know, that unfortunate death when he was a bouncer, no, just running the roads. We we all know those stories. Running the roads, uppers to get going, downers to get some sleep, the pills, the booze, the whatever else. I mean, he, he had a rough road. He did. He definitely did. In the road of a wrestler, the life of a wrestler, um, it, it's so much more than just taking the bumps in the ring. I mean, most of the things that happen to wrestlers happen, you know, when you walk through the curtain, whether that be relationship issues with a significant other being away from home for so long, 
not seeing your kids, trying to work through injuries, um, coming down off a high. You know, most wrestling shoes don't end till 10, 11 o'clock at night, and then you got to go to bed. And how do you go to bed when your adrenaline's pumping? Well, you have to take a downer and get yourself to sleep. And then in the morning to get yourself awake and uh, you got to get yourself, you know, back on, back on your feet and, and bright eyed and bushy tailed and in that perpetual cycle of uppers and downers, it's not intended to be used inappropriately. It's unfortunately just the nature of the way the industry is. And I think we've learned in the subsequent years that, those things are, are very, very difficult and difficult on your body. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, let's go ahead and let's bring in another Canadian. He is, for tonight, he is the bad guy. <laughs> he is the bad guy. There he is. Uh, yeah. Mr. Ramon, a.k.a. Liam Savage, it's good to see you tonight, my friend. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Uh, obviously, uh, wrestling world isn't doing too great right now, but you know, it's the days of our lives, I guess something it, seems to always happen. It does. And, and, you know, we have, you know, it really surprises me that we still have some of the guys left that we do. I mean, you know, Hulk Hogan was, was a big, uh, steroid abuser. It just, it surprises me, um, that he's still. I don't want to say hasn't been affected by it, but I'm sure he has been in some way, shape or form. And, you know, the Brutus beefcakes and the list goes on and on. But as, as you both know, that list is dwindling very, very quickly. And I think the newer generation, they call them the video game generation um, is starting to realize that, you know, I'm, we're learning from the past. Mm -hmm. What's your take on Scott Hall in the news that you found out? A uh, little surprising, I would think, you know, so not routine surgery, but you know, it's not something you really have to think about before you go in. It's like, okay, hip surgery. Yeah, that's, it's pretty big surgery, but you never think you're not going to come out of it. Uh, right. I, I made the point saying to somebody that, uh, you know, the way he, and I'm not trying to throw shade on his life, but, you know, the way he lived his life, and I know he was clean for uh, a number of years up until he passed, but it adds up. And sure. maybe his maybe his body just couldn't take it. Uh, maybe someone that hadn't had those issues would have been able to pull through. Uh, we mm -hmm. don't know. So we have to look at it in the, those terms, but uh, it was pretty sudden. I, I, I just barely remember hearing about him going in for hip surgery, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, that'll be good for him. He can live the rest of his life getting around a bit easier and all that, and then this happens. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, I do want to point out, though, that there was a lot of people, and I'm sure you guys saw this, that were saying rest in peace before he had already passed. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be negative here, but, you know, like, that... It, sh it should go without saying that that shouldn't be something that's like just out of respect. You shouldn't be putting that. We all knew pretty much what the end result was going to be, but right. just to, just to say it prematurely like that, I mean, you know, have some class and there's some notable people online that were doing it. Some notable accounts that were doing it and uh, myself and a few other people were just thinking like, you know, Nothing's even like he hasn't even passed yet, and you're doing this. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, real 
shitty move on all their parts. Um, but yeah, I it, it just it just goes to show, I guess, that the old school lifestyle it's starting to as the wrestlers start to pass away because of things that might have been preventable with uh, keeping their life longer. Um, we notice probably that the newer generation won't have nearly as much of that because um, the proliferation of a lot of the newer wrestlers who are a bit smaller and that's become more popular and now it's you can be any size and still break through. And that wasn't the case 20 years ago and before that. So we need to look at it. We need to look at it these days, basically, like, you know, uh, the way it's going to be in the future is we won't be hearing as many tragic stories, hopefully, and uh, just the way the business is going now. Like, some people may say it's soft or whatever, but, I mean, who's to judge, right? I mean, I, I think it'd be better for a guy to pick up a video game controller than, you know, do six shots or something and take a Soma, you know? that That's... Hey, that's just me. Call me crazy, but yeah. But what's your what's your thoughts? Uh, the, the the hardest thing. I mean, the three of us are in similar age. Uh, when you see the people we grew up watching, and they're slowly falling off now. Yeah. You no know, lifestyle issues. However you want to word it, it's. I mean, these are some of them are people we grew up watching when we were kids. Right, and now he's like, well, he, you know, I mean, he's unfortunately he's gone. That's um, I don't want to say a reality check. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it, it's something to to take in. That well, you know, and I remember watching him or her, whatever it was, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, when I was whatever. Now, holy shit, they're unfortunately they're they've passed away. It, it's a bit of a just a kick in the pants. I, I don't know how to put it. It's just it just affects you. I don't know if it affects you. It hits you. You realize that. Wow. You know, when I was a kid, so and so was amazing. Favorite wrestler or whatever would be Ultimate Warrior. Prime example. I would venture to say most of us thought the Ultimate Warrior was the cat's meow when we were kids. And then I said, "Wow, he passed away. That's that's." I don't know. It's just when it hits you like that, he was a superhero when we were kids. He was everything you wanted to be, and now he's gone. And I can only imagine what the wrestlers are going through. People that wrestled with them, against them, whatever it would be, they, it's got to hit them hard. You know, they were running the roads together, on shows together, here and there, doing whatever it would be together. And I see you guys and girls are slowly passing on that's it's just tough ecw fan made a great comment and said that uh you know what it, it is amazing that jake roberts is still with us i mean mm -hmm. when you think about individuals yep. who put themselves through so much and and scott definitely did let's be honest i mean outside of the surgery um scott dealt with a lot of emotional things and 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 once again I'm not going to pass judgment how someone chooses to cope with things um, because we don't all have the same support system around us. And I think that's where you have to be grateful for the people that you have, because you have to keep in mind, not everyone has that. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has that person that you can, you can open up to and talk to. But, you know, when you think about the things that Jake has done, um, whew, just watching beyond the mat was 
an eye opener. And then, then you see the resurrection of Jake, the snake Roberts, which is a great thing to see and how he's being utilized backstage with AEW now is a great thing, but my God, it, um, you know, miracle. It, it truly is. And you know, when we talk about things that are a miracle, the one thing I kept thinking of is, you know, we were close to losing Ric Flair a few years ago and I was almost, I remember where I was. I remember where I was teaching and I was in the parking lot having lunch in my car and, you know, it was like he has a 14% chance of living and this and that and, and all the years of drinking had definitely caught up with him. And I thought, this is this is it. And people were preparing um, on different podcasts and, and different wrestlers were going to put a tribute together. Um, and then he pulled through. And so I, I guess I kind of conditioned myself to think, well, Scott's going to pull through too. We've been down this road before. We've seen miracles happen um, but once again, we don't know the severity of these heart attacks. We don't know the severity of what the blood clot was and, and, and how weak his body may have been or compromised by just everything that he had gone through. And, um, it's, uh, it's just, it's a gut punch. It's definitely a gut punch, but, um, I am Dwayne says NWO for life. Absolutely. I agree. Um, yeah. He also says so sad for the loss of Scott Hall. ECW fences, rest in peace, Scott Hall. Um, you know, something that may, people may or may not realize is that Scott Hall was in the very first segment of the very first Monday Night Raw uh, with Vince McMahon in the ring. So he was actually the very first uh, when it came to Monday Night Raw from the Manhattan Center. And so many great matches happened in the Manhattan Center, including uh, the match I remember vividly watching in my living room. Uh, he and the one, two, three kid when the one, two, three kid uh, won and literally that has to be one of the first memories of just upset city, upset city, you know, it's like March madness, but it was so cool to see that. And subsequently finding out that they're really good friends um, definitely was, was an awesome thing. But um, let me first throw it to the butt. What was your first match that you remember seeing Scott in? Uh, I think you just hit it. Out of the park right there. That's the first match I can remember. Um, I have no doubt I've seen him before, but I remember him and the one, two, three kid. Unfortunately, I don't remember vividly, but I, I remember that. I mean, we all know the ladder match. I mean, that's pretty iconic there. But the first match I I can remember would be him and the one, two, three kid. And well, it it, it launched the one, two, three kid, and it definitely didn't hurt Razor Ramon by no stretch of imagination. Uh, Liam, what was your uh, first encounter uh, with uh, with Scott? Sorry, <laughs> I'll set that to vibrate. That was a dramatic introduction. Just cut me to, off. To, I see how it is. To Liam's answer, it wasn't um, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd like to say it was, you know, in the AWA or something, but I, I barely. I remember just bits and pieces of the AWA because it was around when I was just, you know, before I was 10. And, uh, but um, I came to starting to watch wrestling again, um, kind of real hardcore when I was, it was like probably late 95. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of on the downside of his WWF career at that point. But I do remember, um, the the main thing I remember was, and it's probably not the best for his memory, but was him against Goldust. 
Oh, and, yes. Yeah. And we all know what he thought of that. Uh, Correct. It was, nothing, it was nothing personal against uh, Dustin Rhodes, but, you know, just the whole program he wasn't a fan of. I remember that, and I thought, like, I thought, oh, that's kind of crazy. Uh, but obviously, we ought to remember he's the one that started off the NWO, right? You know? Absolutely. So that was that was something I remember uh, watching. We only got a clipped version of uh, of Nitro where I lived, so we'd only get to see, like, little clips of it, basically. But I remember seeing that, and it was, like, was it Mike Enos against Wayne Bloom or something? <laughs> I don't know. Some some throwaway match, and he just comes walking down the stands, and I'm just thinking, wow, this is uh, this is interesting. And uh, that was the first major thing I remember, and then just everything got from there. Uh, I I do remember going back and seeing some of his stuff, like the WrestleMania 10 ladder match. That was that was great. Um, a lot of his big important matches I saw uh, after the fact, but the main real eye opener was him appearing on Nitro for the first time. That was uh, pretty special. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, his vignettes uh, as he was coming to the WWF and uh, as Razor Ramon, and he was the Scarface character in, in the big uh, Cadillac and then walking the streets. Uh, it's either South Florida. I, I would assume it was South Florida. Um, just kind of doing the whole Cuban thing, and I thought that was that was so well done in the days when they had vignettes uh, building up the appearance of someone. And I thought the, the character of Razor Ramon was just, it was cool. It was one of the first characters I remember that the whole thing was meant to be cool. Um, you know, Ric Flair was always the flashy guy, the guy that got the girls, but he was just, he was just slick. He was debonair. And it was one of those deals where when he came in, he had all the intangibles his, you know, the, I think in the documentary uh, on Peacock, they actually call him uh, wrestling's version of Tom Selleck. Uh, because if you remember, you know, he originally had the big thick mustache, the, the big curly Scott hair. Hall. Yeah, big Scott yeah. Hall. And uh, and then he did the uh, the Razor Ramon character where he slicked his hair back and kept the stubble and the toothpick. And it just worked for him. It was golden. The toothpick. Uh I don't know why I'm not a toothpick guy, but when I was a kid watching that, I don't know how many wooden toothpicks we went through at my house. <laughs> I just put a toothpick in my mouth. Why? Yeah, because it's cool. Razor yes. Ramon. Who the hell's Razor Ramon? Don't worry about it. I just walk around with a toothpick in my face. Right? <laughs> totally useless. Complete nerd. But you know, uh, I thought I was cool. Then a wrestling fan hit me up today on a DM and said. Uh, you know, I didn't realize this. I thought it was a ticket stub on the back of his trunks and on oh, his jacket. Really? And I, I really didn't I really didn't realize yeah. that it was a razor blade. Um it was just I don't know. Sometimes it's funny just to have people say something to pop you. Maybe he was just messing with you, but it was funny. Um but in all seriousness, I loved his entrance music. Loved his entrance music. You know, just with the car screeching and then the dun 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 dun. dun, dun. I just thought it was great. It, it gave a, a certain feel, and uh, got to give credit to Jim Johnson for you know putting all that together. And it, it's that whole package when when a wrestler is being brought into it, um, into into an arena. And it's the look, it's the walk, it's the swagger, and it's definitely the music as well. What was your take on just his presentation? We'll go to Liam. 
I, I'm more like I. It's weird because I've said before. Like I think the first year I started watching wrestling was like '86. So I was in prime territory for over-the-top gimmicks, you know, everything flashy, cartoon character type stuff. So when I do remember seeing him for the first time, I thought, hmm, not my cup of tea. However, he did play the part perfectly. Uh, but like I said, I, it, the cartoon kind of stuff, it just it doesn't sit right with me. And then especially later, it was like T.L. Hopper and the goon and all that. I mean, jeez. Don't even get me started there. Um, I, it's a, hold on. It's funny when, not to cut you off, but it's funny whenever we talk about gimmicks. T.L. Hopper, the goon are like one in one A as far as like the ones that we, Duke the Dumpster, Drozzy always gets thrown into that category yeah. as well. So continue. Yeah. Salvatore Sincere, the best. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, like setting my, you know, what I, my preferences aside, like I said, he was doing really good work with the character. Uh, just wasn't my cup of tea, but I mean, you know, like that's the type of thing where, you know, Vince says, go out and play this the best you can. And even if you don't like it, you try to put forth your best effort. And he did. He did. No, he definitely did. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to, uh to disagree with the fact that he put his, his best foot forward. Uh, Travis Bohab definitely throws in here. Bastion Booger. Uh, that, was we, that was a pretty bad one. Um, Mike Shaw is the one who portrayed yeah. Bastion. No Booger. Friar Ferguson, but you know, pretty, yeah, pretty. Yeah. But Shaw yeah, wasn't person. a terrible worker. He no. wasn't. Uh, he just I don't know got if... some God awful gimmicks. Yeah, it's good interesting. in Spampede. Yeah. True. And Stampede is mocking Singh. Yeah, like he was good there, but yeah. Then it went downhill. And maybe he made good money being Bastion Booker. I don't know, but uh, once again, so. Mike Shaw has had passed away, and that's sad as well because, you know, it's, it's just another person in that very long list of wrestlers that, you know, we remember from different territories and promotions, and, and now they're not here. But uh, I don't know if you guys had heard the Jerry Lynn story about it was he and Sean Waltman. Um, Bastion Booger actually booked them together, and it was in yep. a wrestling uh, wrestling venue slash brothel. I want to say, and <laughs> it was hilarious. All right, hold on, we're getting our first phone call tonight. Here, yeah, we, here we go. go. Here we go. Um, hey, first of all, I'd just like to say, rest in peace, Scott Hall. Thank you for everything you've done in this business. This Scott Hall was a little before my time, but. I like his uh, ladder match with uh, Shawn Michaels. It was like, what, WrestleMania 7, 8, whatever it was, I don't remember. Ten. Um, also, one other thing, I'm glad that the business is softer, if you want to use that word. Because like Liam, like, I'm sorry, like Razor Ramon said before, I would rather have my guys playing Xbox or Nintendo Switch than getting fucked up on cocaine or meth or whatever it is, you know? Save your body. There's life after wrestling. Your family, friends, whatever the case may be, you got to find some kind of exit strategy because you cannot do this forever, and we only got one life. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. That's our first call from ECW fan. I think he made some very valid points. Um, and the latter match was, was 10. Um, but, hey, 
You know what? There was a SummerSlam after that, too, I think. It was the... Correct. Yeah, it was SummerSlam, like, a few months after. I think? Not 100%, but, yeah, well, that was good, too. This is according to the sportster.com. They're going to be... They're running down the top Razor Ramon matches, and coming in at number 10 was Razor Ramon and Ric Flair versus Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect Survivor Series 1992. I remember that match incredibly fondly. What an incredible match. Um, the original incarnation of Survivor Series. Um, five against five, strive to survive. That was the way it was. And the reason why Survivor Series was created because Vince McMahon was trying to uh, prevent Jim Crockett um, from getting on to pay-per-view. And Vince McMahon said, hey, if, uh, if you put them on, uh, you can say goodbye to getting WrestleMania. So they went ahead and block that from happening and survivor series was born it was something that was a, a pat patterson creation and uh once again pat patterson uh, god rest his soul he's no longer with us and somebody who has done so many things in wrestling but um that one was a a great great match do you guys remember catching that or oh god no 92 92 i've, I've seen bits and pieces yeah Really good match. Then we move on to number nine, a match that I think we all can appreciate. That was the Razor Ramon 1-2-3 kid. That was May 17th of 1993, once again, uh, in the Manhattan Center, which, you know, it's interesting. The Manhattan Center has completely changed uh, the way it looks because GCW had an event recently there, and they repainted it, and it just it looks totally different. But once again, I'm comparing 1993 to 2022, which yeah. you can't expect it to be the same. That's a that's a different venue. Which one? The one you're thinking for GCW is the Hammerstein. Oh my gosh, it's the Hammerstein. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All good. The Hammerstein Ballroom. But it's in it, Manhattan. Whatever. You know. <laughs> it looks different as well, though. But once yeah. again, you know, yeah. things have changed and evolved. But uh, yes, that match between uh, Scott Hall and the One Two Three Kid. I mean, most people would have thought it would have been a squash match, uh, but it wasn't. It that's was the beauty. A, so competitive and Scott, you know, uh, God rest his soul made Sean look so good. Mm -hmm. Not to say Sean wasn't extremely talented at that stage. He was, but at that time, the Razor Ramon character was, was above where the one, two, three kid was, but he made him look like a million bucks. And you know what they say in wrestling? You're only as good as your opponent makes you look. Bret Hart and Tom McGee. Oh, example. perfect example. Absolutely. Um, it's funny you talk about Tom McGee because I literally watched, it's a very short documentary, um, about the match that was lost Tom McGee today. Once again, I, I try to tell myself people change and look different, but I would not have recognized him whatsoever. Like I don't even associate this facial features, all that kind of stuff. He could walk past me and I would not even know who he was. Well, didn't he get beat up or something not long ago and they had to reconstruct his face or something or he, his face got busted up anyhow. Something definitely happened with him. I don't have all the details, but yes, he was involved in some type of altercation and things didn't go off so well. Um, fast forwarding to 1993, a big match in uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon's career, was the finals uh, in the King of the Ring, the year Bret Hart won uh, the King of the Ring. That was uh, That was a great match as well. Yep. Sorry, guys. <laughs> My memory's atrocious. I'm sorry. No, you, you're fine. Either Liam is is in deep thought, or he. 
No, I'm not I just really agree. Quite... That's it. Huh? <laughs> I just agree. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't oh. know. I, yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was the King of the Ring 1993, Scott Hall and, uh, or Razor Ramon versus Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, great, great match. If we go to SummerSlam 94, can't forget Razor Ramon versus Diesel back in 1994. Um, a lot of people don't remember this, but Kevin Nash and Scott Hall tagged together as Oz and the Diamond Stud in WCW right. way back uh-huh. when. And uh, it was, you know, they were, I don't think they were as close to one another as far as friendship back then. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think it was until he got to WWE that everybody started to kind of work together more and, and friendships and bonds kind of worked because WCW, even under um, Jim Hurd, was, was very dysfunctional. It was not really – it wasn't a good working environment. So, But that one was a big match. I remember that. All these matches, by the way, you can go ahead and, and find these if you are – uh, still able to get the the network, and if you're not, obviously you can go ahead and subscribe to Peacock, and you can see this one as well. So 1994, uh, the first Razor Diesel match. Um, once again, just to show you how versatile Scott was, Razor Ramon versus Owen Hart in '94 when Owen was the one who won the King of the Ring. So back to back years where a Hart actually won it. Um, when you look at these guys, I mean, Brett and Owen, probably two of the most technically sound wrestlers, high flyers. I mean, just overall excellent. And then you have somebody who, like Diesel, who was limited. I, I don't think anybody would, would disagree with that. A bigger guy, but he worked with him really well. So when it comes to Scott's career, I think we all can agree that he worked with a varied uh, array of wrestlers who could do certain things, who couldn't do certain things. But I don't think during this time frame, during his, his first run in WWF, that he had bad matches. Would you guys agree? He's very solid. Uh, he's he's kind of part of, he's part of the old guard. You know, like uh, you don't have to do a crazy amount of stuff uh, to get over. And that was him to a T. Uh a lot of big moves. Uh, one of the best punches I've ever seen uh, in the business. So he's up there with Jerry Lawler as far as that goes, and uh, Bret Hart, just crazy. Um, but yeah, just just very basic, but not in a bad way. But you know, just like he didn't have to do a lot to get his point across, and he was so big, and you know that like such a tall guy and everything that he was very like a big. He had a very imposing figure, so when you look at it in that sense, he didn't have to do a crazy amount of stuff to get by. It was just like, you know, he had the signature things, and there you go. But, yeah, very solid worker, though. It was uh, also something that I don't know if a lot of people realize, but one of his main moves in his moveset um, was obviously when he would send someone in the ropes, and then he would catch them when they tried to do a, a cross-body block. And then he would hold them and show them, you know, to the crowd and then throw them over uh, yeah. his head. And uh, that actually came out of when he spent some time down in, I want to say Puerto Rico, uh, where Carlos Colon was. And uh, Carlos made a comment to him uh, in the locker room. He said, man, he is, what do you, what do you call that thing? 
And in uh, in Scott said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "When you when you catch me and then you throw me uh, like a bag of shit over your head." And Scott says, "From here on out, I would always tell people, you know, throw you in the ropes, duck the clothesline, bag of shit, throw you over, you know, do the edge, go home." And uh, so it, it formally became known as bag of shit. And uh, it, it's just funny to hear some of these stories and and how some of these moves came to be. Um, but as we go down the list. Uh, number five was a match that he had against Sting in 1998 at Uncensored, where Sting honestly was probably uh, at the peak of, of his uh, Crow character. And once again, many people may not know, but it was Scott Hall that came up with the Brandon Lee uh, gimmick that uh, Sting should be in the rafters and he should have, you know, the um, vulture on his shoulder and he shouldn't say anything that was all brought up in a backstage meeting with uh, he, and I believe dusty Rhodes was back there as well to try to find a way to build intrigue into a match that they were going to eventually lead up to Hogan and sting. So once again, Scott was involved with that as well. Never knew that. Yeah. I mean, interesting, interesting, interesting things that were, that we drop information on you on front row material. <laughs> uh, the the very next one, which I thought was a great match, uh, in the Royal Rumble 1995. Uh, hold on a second. My screen just went a little crazy. Okay, here we go. Uh, Razor Ramon versus Jeff Jarrett uh, back in the Royal Rumble 1995. <sighs> I really thought Jeff Jarrett was a complete wrestler. Um, yeah. Did I necessarily agree with the whole, you know, ain't I great country music star, all of that kind of thing? No. But once again, Jarrett was so good. He was technically sound. If I come up with five names of people I thought were just so good in the ring, uh, Jeff Jarrett was one of them. Ted DiBiase was another one. Keep in mind, Ted's father was a wrestler as well. The Hearts as well. Um Obviously, Scott Hall was incredibly good at that time, but um, but yeah, he had some some clinics with some guys. And in, in, uh, in 1995 at the Rumble, he had a classic one with Jeff Jarrett. The one I think we all remember. Um, this was so good; it it tends to make you believe that it doesn't matter all the time who wins and loses because. There was a match uh, with Scott Hall and Razor Ramon, SummerSlam 95, when, when Sean won the title. Scott Hall comes in, raises his hand, does the, does the Triple H finger point to him, and, and really shows his respect. Those two just had great chemistry. Would you agree? We'll go to butt first. Oh, 100%. I mean, the, 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 they were buddies outside of the ring and showed when they were in the ring. They looked after each other. Great chemistry. Both of them were at their peak at that point, I, I would dare say. It, it was amazing. They, every match, I don't know how many they had. I know there was several. I couldn't give you an exact number. It was a burn burner. Yep. If, if you weren't entertained by them, something wrong with you. Yeah. Because they were need... all solid matches. I agree. Right. Liam, what was your take on just the chemistry between Scott Hall and Shawn Michaels? I mean, once again, that's lightning in a bottle. We talk about it. Very few people you can just throw out there and just say, go at it, and they would go at it, and it would steal the house every single night. Yeah, it was effortless. I mean, especially when you got one of your closest friends to uh, go back and forth with. You can probably finish each other's thoughts in the ring as far as, you know, oh, what do we do next, you know? And who knows? They probably didn't even need to call a lot. 
they probably just had the instinct. Uh, it was, they were that good together. And uh, you can't do much better than Shawn Michaels as far as a dance partner, right? I mean, like, one of the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you have any concerns about that, watch the two ladder matches. And you know me in the gimmick matches, right? Like, not a massive fan, but those two, wow. Excellent matches. Uh, the number two ranked match here, according to Sportster, is Razor Ramon versus Bret Hart for the WWF Championship at Royal Rumble 93. Great, great match. Once again, I know I'm saying that too frequently here, but if you haven't got a chance to catch some of these, go on to Peacock and get a chance to watch these. And and I, I'm not trying to continue to plug it, but what I will say is if you're like... Um, the butt, if you're like Liam, you're like myself, and you like this old school stuff, maybe not all the new stuff that you necessarily like, it's not your cup of tea, but if you like some of the stuff from the 80s and the 90s and you want to relive this, I mean, what, I, I don't know what it is to subscribe to Peacock, what, 10 bucks or something to that nature? Like 10 bucks, I think. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, to oh, me, it, yeah, 10, 12, whatever, it's worth it. It's less than a dollar a day. And I mean, at the end of the day, to to have access to some of these classic matches, if it's, you know, shitty outside or whatever, and you can just turn it on and watch these things. I remember growing up, I, uh, I don't know if I told the story, but I went into my local video store and I bought all of the, the videos. Um, I bought them all. I bought all of the, the WWF matches. And wow. The woman said, "Well, you're the only one who's renting these, so I, I, I guess we should just, you know, give it to you. Uh, so, what's the amount?" And I think literally, I bought like thirty tapes, and she was like, "Well, it's going to be about ninety dollars." And I said, "Boom, here it is. It's thirty VHSs, and wow. uh, I, I would watch them and watch them." That's pretty them and cheap. Them. It, well, I mean, keep in mind you're back in the '90s here, and it's VHS, and it was still ninety bucks for them. Come on, it was. Even for I somebody mean, as cheap as you, ninety bucks is not a lot of money. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> Think of how much they're worth now. Oh, Think of a that. ton. Yeah, a ton, and absolutely. And I have them all, and I have them all in their original cases from Coliseum Video. We're having a talk after their, the show. Yep, yep. Their inserts and all that stuff. So, so many things, and the, the very number one match of Scott Hall in his career, according to Sportster, which again, it's just their opinion. Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 10 ladder match, which if you haven't seen it, we've we've talked about it and he alluded to it numerous times so far in the show. So, so good. That's um, kind of a no-brainer. That is. Yeah. Really. And Sportster is pretty good. Their lists are usually pretty solid. I would agree. So a great, great match on that one. Um, not to go ahead and cut this, uh, this tribute short to... Uh, to Scott Hall, but uh, there's so many other podcasts out there that are covering it. I highly recommend you guys listening to other podcasts as well. And um, a couple of podcasts, uh, the Brocast podcast is over in Europe. Uh, they go ahead and they support us. Obviously, Shining Wizard supports us. And if you want to get your show uh, highlighted uh, in an audio commercial with ours, go ahead and send it on over to me, and I'd be more than happy to add it to our uh, to our show as well. Once again, we support each other. Uh, independent podcasting is no different than independent wrestling. You know, you, uh, you extend your hand and hopefully someone listens to you. Maybe they'll listen to us as well. So, all right, moving on. I thought this article was very, very interesting. Uh, Jeff Cobb, as we all know, um, who is a fantastic wrestler, 
um, in Lucha Underground. He was Montanza, and he wore a mask. He gave an interview um, with WrestlingNews.co, and he basically made a comment, and I wanted to get your opinion, not on the whole interview, but the comment itself. He says, creative freedom is more important than money, uh, and that's the reason why he chose not to sign with WWE. So I'm going to go to the butt first. Let me ask you this. Now, obviously, you got to take in consideration where someone is financially already. Uh, it might be easier to say, I want to be more of an artist than uh, collecting a paycheck. Depends on where you're at, what your bank account looks like. But would you say people maybe on Jeff Cobb's level nowadays are realizing that we only have so many bumps and that I would rather try to tell my own story than just collecting another paycheck? Uh, people on his level, yes, because I'm. I don't know a lot about Jeff Cobb. Uh, apparently, he's pretty big over in Japan. Correct me if I'm wrong. Liam would be the guy to know that. Also, he's made money. Uh, he's been around a while. He's Olympian, if memory serves me correct. No, retired yeah, for the Olympic so. team. You know something mm -hmm. to that extent. I mean, the guy's legit. He's been around a bit. If he's going doing tours in Japan, he's made some money. Lucha Underground, he's made some money. So at his point, yeah, I could see that. No, he's probably not. He shouldn't be chasing the buck at this point. You would hope not anyhow. So, yeah, he, he's more, he's a story. He wants a little bit of control. No, I mean, if he were five years in, you know, and he hasn't made stacks of cash, it's a different ball game, but. No, I think, oh, I know me, guaranteed, I want the money. Sure. Show, show me the cash, and, and once, you know, I'm settled, you know, the mortgage is paid off, the truck is paid off, I got some money in the bank, damn, we can play the, you know, I kind of want to have my story told, I want to have my way type of thing, but until then, once again, it's purely my opinion, I want the cash. But he's he's... He's been around long enough to where he's got a name. Uh, he's made his cash. So if he just wants to have the, the control, good on him. Uh, I hope he, he makes a go out of it and, and he does some great stuff with it. Uh, I think it's fantastic for him to have control. I love it. Liam, what's your take about this? If you're you're Jeff Cobb and you've had a very successful career, and we're, we're assuming here that he's got some money in the bank, but let's just say he does, uh, would you say – chase as much money as you can until your bump card is full? Or would you say, you know what, at some point in time, I, I want to leave a mark in some way, shape, or form. I want to do my thing, even if it's just short and for only a small amount of time. Uh, it, it depends how you see the wrestling business. If you're more like a person that it's like, this is my entire life, then you want to find that nice balance. You want to have the creative that's going to put you really high up there and hopefully remembered, but also your bank account looks good, right? For him, uh, I can't assume he's probably doing amazingly well in Lucha Underground because I've heard horror stories about how they are run. Uh, but he was with New Japan for know, a year or two and uh, put on some great matches. And he obviously... The Japanese money is uh, a lot better than over over this way. Uh, as far as when you do your tours and you make like thousands for each tour, so <clears throat> I would say at this point he's a young enough guy. 
that he wants to kind of, you know, just explore. And there's nothing wrong with exploring, but you want to find that good balance. And I think the thing for him is he's going to want to, let's just say he's in his early 30s, okay? He's probably got a good 10 years left, if that's the case, you know, before everything starts to break down a bit. Uh, it wouldn't be the worst idea to take a couple of years, try to travel around more, uh, get into some different areas, Europe, Japan again, but maybe for some different companies, uh, come back around the American independence, you know, but get that exposure, really go for what you want and make sure since he has somewhat of a name that he's picking those matches he really wants to do. And if he can get that, Let's get some good payoffs. Uh, you know, sky's the limit for him. I don't, I don't disagree with how he was thinking about WWE though, because you know that there's a very good chance that you're not going to do want to like get to do exactly what you want to do when you go there, and there's no guarantee you're going to get to wrestle the person you really want to. So, yeah, it it could be the point where he just raises his stock a bit more, and then they come calling. Uh, in a couple of years, and say, like, we need you, we'll pay you whatever it costs. We don't care. We need Jeff Cobb because he's the number one guy out there. And if that's the case, then he's set his future up the way he wanted to. He's 39. Just so you know. Really? Yeah. I he thought looks he was younger. He looks fantastic. Okay, well, scrap my entire <laughs> argument then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still 39. No, I mean, he's. No, shit, he's younger than all of us. I was just yeah, about to say, he's younger than us. Man. Right? No, okay. but it's well, 39, if he's looked after himself, and judging by the pictures, uh, if that fellow's looked after himself right. pretty good, he right. should have some years left in him. Some yeah, sure. solid years left in him, not just kicking right. around for the sake of kicking around. Sure. No, and I, I, I haven't watched a lot of his matches. I've watched some. And the ones I've watched, Jesus, the guy's a bit of a beast. Well, oh yeah, legit. In in Lucha Underground, I'm sorry, but that ring looked like a parking lot. Is it just me, or did that ring look absolutely huge as hell? It looked like my first apartment. It was so. I never big. watched it. Your apartment I was that big. It. My first apartment was about that big by that big. If I turned around too fast, I knocked over something. My TV. <laughs> Um, in another very interesting story, uh, Vince McMahon has changed his vision on how he uh, would like to handle NXT. Um, this story was coming from Andrew Ravens. This was actually published uh, today. The thought process behind NXT 2.0, according to Vince McMahon, is he wants to send more um, branded, meaning Raw and SmackDown talent, down to NXT to have matches with them, give them the early rub so they have experience and then move them up to the main roster instead of having just the NXT guys and gals work with each other. Um, a very interesting business strategy. Um, it's definitely different than the black and gold brand. With this one, uh, we'll start off with Liam on this. You think it's a good idea? Let's go ahead and let's bring main roster guys down to NXT and let them mix it up with the younger ones, or do you think, you know what, developmental, let's keep this what it was. Ooh, it's hard to say. It's in theory, it's good because they still haven't really resumed their whole, you know, house show process from what I understand. So the only reps they're getting in is when they're doing practice matches at the PC and on TV. Right. So in that sense, yeah, they can all use all the help they can get, right? 
unless they're a natural like Braun Breaker, you know. Right. Uh, so I don't have a problem with that in that sense. But the other the other side of it is the whole point of going to 2.0 was it was a developmental again. They went too far with trying to make it a third brand. They lost the vision, and we all agree. They just lost the vision. And as good as it was getting, you know, it was only a matter of time before just the pot boiled over and that's it. Pandemic started and that kind of showed, well, here's here's what we got. So I, I don't really want to see um, the top stars come in. It's okay once in a blue moon, like they did originally. Like I was saying before, like they had John Cena on an episode. They had Natalia come on. Punk came on an episode. Uh, so it's okay in that sense. But if they're doing it like monthly, like once a month, there's a one of the main roster people coming on, not interested because then they're just losing focus again. I want to see them actually get proper focus, keep the focus on where they're going and not stray from that because it's going to be really hard to, but they might just be focusing on ratings again. And from everything I've been told, they're doing pretty good ratings wise. Um, so I don't want to see, you know, any momentum they have right now just getting screwed up. So no, that's I my agree thought. You, I agree completely. But can yeah. you still hear us? He's left but, us. But can you hear us? Okay, we will. Uh, we'll just kind of leave it open here and see if he uh, comes back and, and joins us here. Um, the next thing that I found was really interesting um, was the fact that. WWE is looking to change the name of Elias and change yeah. his gimmick, repackage him, and bring him back again. Now, we've seen this happen numerous times over the years. I mean, Kane was repackaged. I mean, he was originally Isaac Yankum DDS. Um, the Godfather used to be Papa Shango. Uh, yep. Repo Man used to be, uh, shoot, who was Repo Man? Smash. He was Smash. So it's happened before. However, uh, creative before he went on his hi hiatus, uh, got a brand new look for uh, Elias, and Vince McMahon was not happy because he said it lo he looked like a colorful copy of the Macho Man Randy Savage with the dark hair, <laughs> the facial beard, all of that. So Vince McMahon scrapped that after the promo photos were taken. But the whole Elias situation, I think he's a good wrestler. Um, I think he's got a good gimmick. I don't have a real big problem with him. But do you think Elias has a place in WWE, or do you think at this point in time, cut your losses, it hasn't worked, let the guy go? I like Elias. I liked his guitar strumming, singing gimmick. I thought it was fun. No, it, no. if they let him go, I think it's a missed opportunity. The guy can wrestle. He's no bum. right? He's a good promo the, the guitar strumming gimmick was entertaining. I think it's a missed opportunity. I like Elias personally. I think if they just cut their losses and they move on, as much as it irks me to sound like a, a Mike Freeland here, it's, it's a WWE shit in the bed again. First of all, I, you know... My, oh, my name is Mike Freeland, and I hate WWE. I listen, listen. I don't. <laughs> and I approve anyone. this message. Yeah. You're, you guys are terrible, Liam. What's your take on the Elias situation? I mean, I, it's so hard because 
once somebody's been gone off a of TV for so long, you almost start to forget about him. Do you feel like Elias, when he was being promoted, was being spotlighted in the best possible way? Did you personally like his gimmick, or was he just forgettable? I didn't mind it. Um, he had his moments. Um, solid wrestler. Uh, you know, that's about it, though. Now, if they're going to repackage him to be like a completely different name, different character, all that, no, don't do that because the fans will just start. It'll be like Walter and Gunter. The fans are still chanting Walter. Why? Because it was stupid to change it. So, you know, uh, we can look at it in that sense. But, you know, he, he was he was all right. Like, I, I was never like a massive fan. I thought... It was okay sometimes, and, you know, he'd be creative with the songs and everything, and he was a good guitar player, and, you know, it's all well and good. Just maybe not my kind of thing, but uh, he tried. I did, Like I said, I just don't want to see him get put in a completely different role, and the fans know exactly who it is right away, and then, unless he has, a, like, a crew cut and his hair is dyed blonde or something, you know, and he's clean-shaven, I mean... You know, <laughs> about one of the only ways you could actually like change it up, where it would be a little bit unrecognizable. But yeah, I don't know. Well, Elias is a redneck, talented version of Max Caster. Uh that's honestly yeah. what I feel. Got the the singing gimmick. He just doesn't suck. Max Caster. Why do you got to pick on Max Caster? Oh, he doesn't I, suck. He's talented. The acclaimed. I'm yo, gonna, I'm not gonna. Yo. Yep, yo, yeah. yo, hey, hey, yo, yo, check it, yo. check it, hey. So let let yeah. me also throw this. You're you're a future rapper, but you didn't realize that. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, your, that's your new <laughs> career. Um, so when I when I think about people who have gotten repackaged, and we talked about this before, there's numerous ones. We could have a whole episode on people who've been repackaged. And you talked about Walter and Guntner? Gunter. Gunter. Okay, what about this? And once again, I don't understand it. Somebody has to somehow explain this to me. Why? Why do we have Butch now? And Butch used to be... um, Oh my gosh, my mind is now... Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Butch? He's now called Butch. Now he's Butch. He's now Are you fucking with me? Nope. nope. He is now called Butch. It's the drizzling shits. He is now called Butch. Butch? What oh, kind man. of fucking British name is Butch? Well, that's I the whole no gimmick. Call him fucking Nigel or something. I don't want to hear Butch. What's that? He comes out with the newsboy hat and it's bad. So oh. that's, yeah, yeah, he's called Butch. Man, so. Okay, there goes that. Nice knowing you. And he's another missed opportunity because he's a solid wrestler too. He is. He very Pete much is. Don is great in the ring. Yep. Why has he never got any kind of rub? I don't know. He's a paper boy now. That's all that matters, right? No, don't be don't be knocking paperboy hats. I got a couple of them. Uh, well, well for you... a wrestler, I don't know. He's not in an ACDC, so it's like I, I don't know. Neither am I. That's true. <laughs> I like country music. I still wear a newsboy hat. At the end of the day, if unless you wear the pay, it, what is what is the actual name for that hat? Newsboy hat. I always no idea. Poor boy hat. Yeah. 
Well, unless you wear it backwards like Samuel L. Jackson and it looks cool, I can't wear it frontwards. <laughs> that reminds oh, like me the of the Kangol hat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, like God. that reminds yeah. me of a show called Today's Special when I watched it as a kid. If you don't know what it is, look you it got up on that YouTube. Today's Special. Yeah, ah, uh, that's a Canadian show. Loved it. With the with the stupid mouse and the, yes, the mannequin, the, the guy guard. You got that? Holy my, shit! I thought we only show. had it. <laughs> I grew up it watching that. Fucking god awful! Yeah, I hated the show. To be honest with you, no, I also, it was. I, I it also was grew up in the Eaton Center in Toronto. I also yeah. grew up watching Pinwheel, uh, which was a way know, better version than Sesame Street. But um, oh yeah, I watched a lot of stuff. Are you being served? Was a big show. I was a fan yeah. of. Yeah. Um, Hyacinth Bouquet, Keeping Up Appearances. I loved all that kind of stuff. It was really, really good. So anyway, Pete, we had like five channels. Pete Dunn, <laughs> now called Butch. Don't know what your thoughts are with this one. Um, for the Bushwhackers, cool. The the one thing that somebody was telling me, and I'm trying to remember if I got this right. So it's now a team of Seamus and somebody else. Here up. Oh, Rich so, Holland. The guy that dumped Biggie on his noggin. Here we go. Let's, let's see if we got this. Rich Holland. Right. Here we go. Hey, Freeland. I just looked up uh, what newsboy cap means. Apparently, it means a paperboy cap or a news cap. Just wanted to let you know. Thanks, guys. Bye. I think we established that, but that's that's great. He, he, <laughs> he sweeps in, and he's gone like a fart in the wind. Uh, so that's what he... Uh, Okay. So what? So it's so it's Ridge Holland, yeah, Seamus, and now Butch. Now uh, there was soon to be just Seamus and Butch. Okay, well I'm trying to think here. Was it okay? So allegedly, this is a rumor that is one of their real names, Luke, because there was a there was a joke going around about Luke Butch. It was a Bushwhackers inside joke. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure. Mm, let's not find sure. Out. So look that up because I'm not 100 sure. I'm working on it. Uh, by the way, uh, what is the uh, what is the stout of the night that looked very good? Was that more another coffee chocolate type of deal? Oh, this one. Um, yeah. This one is. Uh, let's see if I can get it in there. Double up uh, coffee milk stout. Nice. And it's it says creamy coffee and espresso flavor. Are there any words that, that bother you guys? Because some people have told me the word creamy bothers them. A lot of stuff bothers me, but that word isn't one of them. No. So, um, Holland, Ridge Holland? Yes. His name yep. is Luke Men Menzies. So his real name is Luke. So Luke Bush. He was a rugby player, I think. He was uh, supposed to be at least. He yeah. looks fan. I mean, he looks fantastic. I think he's going to be a great wrestler. Very and attractive. Also, yeah, and I'm completely heterosexual, and I think he is a very attractive <laughs> man. And I will also say somebody who I think is going to be a star is going to be Madcap Moss. The like fuck. I do. You like know him. what? You know what? The thing with him when he was uh, he was just Riddick Moss. On NXT, he had a tag team partner, uh, Tino Sabatelli, mm -hmm. and they had they had a pretty good gimmick going, and they it, it went good for a while, and then Sabatelli just dropped off the face of the earth. I think he got injured, and then they just released him or something. But I thought he was okay there, and then 
Now he's doing this bullshit, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, but I, these are the guys they need to try to do something with. Oh, I agree. I'm not disagreeing. Examples of they need to figure out a way to make these guys something, not just sure. jobbers, not just bottom of the barrel. Hey, we'll give them a win here, a win there. You need to try to create a star out of somebody. I'm not saying either one of these guys is your next Cena, Stone Cold, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you got to try to make something out of one of them or or just internally. Uh, not necessarily one of them. But you can't just have these guys come in. Neither one of them are bad wrestlers. Right. They're both solid. You could try to turn them into something well, when you when Good. you when you look at who WWE has, first of all, you know uh, Gable and Otis. I I think both of those guys are good wrestlers. I think you need to do something with them. Otis, Damian, future world champion. Damian Priest is a great wrestler. I think you need to do something with him. Madcap Moss is really good. Rich Holland is really good. Um, Sheamus, he might be coming towards the end of his stint. I feel like in WWE. Um, I would think so. I feel like they've done everything they can do with him at this point in time. Um, I feel like he might just be in the background, kind of like a a truth, our truth, where he's just kind of there. I, I always thought that Sheamus would have been good if he had a tried uh, his style in Japan. You know, just because the way he's like so hard hitting and just like such a such a bruiser, man, that just put him in New Japan for a year or something. Oh, it would have been so good. But at the same time, he's beat up. Uh, right. He had spinal stenosis, and I'm surprised he's. Come so back from that, yeah. Ten, but ten years ago in Japan would have been fantastic. Oh man, unfortunately yeah, I, now, a couple miles on him, he's a little beat up. Yeah, it wouldn't. No. Do you yeah, guys feel like gotta, it was a a major mistake not to bring Walter? Uh, I'm not going to call him his other name. Not to bring him good. into Raw or SmackDown. Yes. Yes, big time. I still don't get the appeal of Walter. Oh, oh my, oh my god. god! Don't get he, it. He is a he okay. will you alive. He will chop the shit out of you. But that's okay. and I'm not. I'm not knocking him. I'm, me personally, I just don't get it. Maybe I haven't Did seen you... enough matches. I don't know. But okay. Did you ever see him against Tyler Bate on uh, NXT Takeover? No, I've seen him and. Tongue's a Russian guy, a blonde haired guy. Oh, Dragonoff, yeah. Um, that was a good match. Yes. That was okay. I like that one. Now, if you can find the match, him against Tyler Bate for the UK championship at Takeover. Unreal. So and if that doesn't make you a fan, if that doesn't make you a fan, you'll never be a fan. Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate. Yeah. One half of Mustache Mountain. Yep. I mean, we're talking silver dollar areolas. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, really good. Whoa, whoa, really? whoa! Calm down there, cowboy. What are you doing? Jesus! <laughs> Calm your tits, Freeland. Calm your tits. <laughs> well, they're approaching oh. silver for dollars, so yeah. So so good. good so God. so Walter, I think it was a big mistake uh, leaving him in in the UK version of uh, NXT. They should have brought him over to the states. Um, at one point, there was rumor that he didn't want to come over. Right, he's changed no, that though. Apparently, much? he was he got in a breakup with his girlfriend, who I think, you know, obviously was living in Europe, and 
I think that kind of changed his tune. He's like, okay, I got nothing going on over here anymore. Fuck it, let's go to the States. So, yeah. Fair enough. What do you guys think about, you know, we're talking about all these different names of, of people in WWE who could be the next whomever, fill in the blank. Do you really think, and, and I'm really on the fence on this because I don't really understand the appeal, but I could be wrong. Omos. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, he's huge as shit. I mean, he's what, like 714? I mean, he's very, very tall. Um, he's a big man. He's a huge man. I mean, you can't take that. You, no, you can't teach big. He's a combination of Mabel meets the giant Gonzalez. Oh. Why would you say he, bad stuff about Mabel? It's true. Giant <laughs> Gonzalez? <laughs> Hashtag like Elegante, yeah. Hashtag the I, I, I think uh I think he's got like there's just just based on his size alone there's potential. But the fact that he's he was on the main roster after almost nothing, like apparently all he did before that was NXT live events. That's it. And for him not to have had a good year or two. You know, just to groom him to show him what a real good big man is like. I I don't know what you do at this point. You can only you can only teach that so much, right? So oh he comes he, out and he and he crushes guys. Like what's that you can only do that for so long. You gotta right. work on him a bit more. I don't he get it. He could be good. I mean he's obviously an right. athlete. He played pro basketball in Europe or Turkey or some damn thing or something. He has some athletic ability. Then again, when you're sure. seven and a half foot tall, it's not real hard to be a basketball player. No offense to basketball players. But, I mean, he's not – he has talent, athletic ability. Sure. But, man, it's not – I don't know. It, it doesn't do anything for me. I don't – he needs a lot of seasoning. I, I, guess they, I guess they thought if they put him with AJ Styles for as long as they did that if – if AJ can't get him to learn something, nobody will kind of deal. Uh, like, he's not the worst I've ever seen, but if you put him with AJ, if he can't learn from AJ, I mean, I don't know. But would he not be better off in developmental, is the word I'm trying to say, <laughs> and advance a little bit as opposed to bring him right to the main roster? And Right. That's my whole point. He, you, you he was there. Put him down somewhere, whether it be NXT or, you know, something God only knows what, uh, Florida Championship Center on no more. Give him to Al Snow in Ohio. Something like that. Sure. Just get him in the ring, get him to develop a little bit. Because he's just a little bit green. He has a lot of the, of the things you want, such as, well, he's, he's a big man. Like, once again, you can't. You can't make that. You're either and you you're big or you're teach. not. Exactly. So that's that's a start. But get him in the ring to where he, he has some psychology to it. He's got a little more of a move set as opposed to well, no move set. And then you bring him up and say, like, hey, you know, the guy's not bad. Because you'll forgive not having a great move set if you're big enough, if you're enough of a visual appeal. Because you don't expect a guy that big to come in 
and be flying around and have 10,000 moves. You don't expect him to be Dean Malenko. But you don't yeah, but want him to be atrocious either. Right. It's not It's not the old days anymore, though. That's the thing. It's not, it's not where they could have taken this guy on the road for a year, work every night, double shots on the weekends. You know, like, it, it's not the same. you got to get your reps in. And this guy won't get his reps in up to what they probably want for another year at least mm-hmm. to, to, to be fully functional in the ring. That's what worries me. There's no, if there was a territory system still, can you imagine how much more seasoned these people would be? And the matches you'd be seeing on TV, you would never see the majority of the botches you see these days. It's everybody would just be, you know, just the repetition. They would know everything. They would know how to put together a match. They would know how to call it. And it's it's a completely different era. That That's done and gone. It, it's dead. But you can only hope he can find some diamonds in the rough. Like I said earlier, Ron Breaker. Keep that guy and do not let him go. But almost, man, it's it's too early. Way too early. So... Here's the deal on um, our good friend, almost, almost, whatever. Almost. Almost, exactly. He, <laughs> I'm going to pronounce this horribly wrong, so no one, no one give oh, me a hard time. His real name, his birth name, or nowadays it's cool for the kids to say his government name, is Tulupo Jordan Ablobian. And he's a Nigerian-American professional wrestler and former college basketball player. He right. is seven foot three. He's not seven foot fourteen. I was off by a little bit. Um, oh, and he's four hundred pounds. And it says he was trained uh, by Kevin Nash. What? Yeah, at the WWE Performance Center. Now I don't know how holy that is. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if you're going to be a big man, going to learn from a big man. Kevin Nash is not a bad, but I never heard of Nash being a trainer. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe he is. We don't know, but he's a he's a tall drink of water. I'll tell you what. Wow, he is an ex ex basketball player. Yeah, ringside news. This is in 2021. Says Kevin Nash is a big man who can teach superstars a lot of things, especially if you're a superstar and you're also a big man yourself. Kevin Nash has recently been working with Omos at the WWE Performance Center, helping him hone his craft as a big guy. During the Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin, the two-time WWE Hall of Famer said that he's been in the Performance Center and doing some in-ring work. Vince McMahon wanted a handful of big men to come back to do some special training, and obviously almost was the guy. There you go. There you go. So it is. Wah, wah. I shouldn't say that, but that was funny when uh, when The Rock was going off on Big Sexy Kevin Nash when the NWO was there. That was pretty good. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, um, we're going to finish things up, and we're going to talk about this. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Uh, what do you guys think is, is going to happen here? There have been a lot of teases Ugh. recently. You think Cody Rhodes is 100% WWE bound? Do you think he's going to be going to be facing Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? What's your thoughts on this? Um, we'll start off with Mr. Savage. Oh, yeah, Savage. 
Cream of the crap. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Elizabeth, uh, yeah. Let's go to the room. Yeah. Elizabeth, <laughs> will you marry me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Can, can you imagine Randy Savage talking dirty? Oh, Elizabeth, I want you to... Stick it in you. Yeah. You're going to feel it. Yeah, get in the Ooh, shower. Yeah. I'm going to feel the python. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm a clutch. I'm going to humble. I'm going to wear the boots in bed. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't and remember what you asked. We're done. So, Cody Rhodes. What, what's your Cody Rhodes. Yeah, that, that guy. Show. Yeah, I, I don't give a fuck. Uh, he... <laughs> I really don't. It's, it's just... It's one of those things, it's like the, the news sites are just ruining it. It's like, what's he doing today? Is he taking a shit? I don't know. Find out tomorrow. And it's like, who cares? If he goes, he goes. You know, I think the money's on him going to WWE. I, there's enough people saying, you know, with all their quote-unquote sources, you know, like Meltzer, so who the fuck knows if he can believe him or not, that he's going there. I would assume he is. And if he does go against Seth Rollins, awesome. That'd be a great match. But how how far out are we from WrestleMania? What, like two weeks or something? Two weeks or something? Two, we- two weeks. Two Raws left. Two Raws are left. So why would, the, why would if they were going to do that, why would they wait this long? Well, they were in Jacksonville last night, and allegedly the plans were that Jacksonville, hello, it'd be a great chance for him yeah. to come out and stick it to AEW and yeah. cutting a promo. But then there was also rumor backstage that they didn't debut him because of all the news with Scott Hall. I mean, there's there's an entire possibility that that's the case. But I, uh, if they can if they can work it, like work some miracle where they can put him and Rollins at WrestleMania and it actually makes sense, okay, and that's great. Match-wise, I'm fine with it regardless because I don't care if there's a story there. I just like to see that match right? because they're both great. But you got to make it make sense. So two weeks left, Ugh, you're really going to have to work your asses off to make that not much know, of something a that I want to see. Yeah, right. I yeah. I mean, just just keep just put them in WWE. I don't know. Just put them somewhere. Who cares? Fuck the, it. the other thought was that. Normally, the highest-rated Raw is the Monday night after WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Would be, which would make sense if you're going to hold off to hold yeah. off till after that so he can officially start something new. It's it's actually the new calendar year of WWE, the day after WrestleMania. So, Well, the, the, I, I think the thoughts are that because what I read was it was Owens against Rollins last, or on, on Raw, and whoever won would get to go to WrestleMania, but the other person wouldn't. So it's like, okay, Owens went, obviously, because he's going against, he's doing something with Steve Austin. Hold that thought. And and then Rollins, I guess, um, I guess that's the whole yeah, thought. You know, well, like, here's the backdrop. They can do that uh, with Cody. If uh, Roach does end up going to WWE, I could see him at Mania, but they're not really going to announce it. Maybe I could be wrong on this. Seth Rollins goes down to the ring. Open challenge, Cody Rhodes team plays, and they get the big pop because that's all WWE cares about. It's a big pop at Mania. They don't care about building a story. Just big shock, and then they're going to have nothing for him after that. Thanks, guys. Bye. That's I think that might be terrible. the way they do it. Yeah. 
Well, the, the not the, that bad. The what his his concept? Yeah, it's yeah. it's really not. It's not. Um. So what was happening on Monday Night Raw was Seth Rollins was saying he could uh, do his own talk show, and then he was arguing with Kevin Owens, who says I already have a talk show segment, and he said, "How about we have a match?" Sonya Deville came out and said, "Whoever wins the match gets to have their talk show." hosting Steve Austin at WrestleMania, which is just ridiculous. I mean, just the fact that they're doing a segment arguing over whose talk show is going to host Steve Austin, it, it was just, in my opinion, it was a hokey. Well, they're, they're trying to bring Austin back for something, so where do you go with it? You go with Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens <laughs> has been running down the state of Texas. It would only make sense. He uses the stunner as his finisher, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he has a beef with Austin. It would make sense to put those two together. It wouldn't make sense to have all of a sudden Seth Rollins sweep in at the very end and say, oh, well, I'm going to host it now. Like, it doesn't make sense. But he's not going to. No, obviously not. Kevin Owens won the match, so the yeah, only thing that they've got to try to create a little bit of hoopla. You need to realize something, Freeland. A lot of wrestling fans, and no, I'm not saying this to be a dickhead, but a lot of wrestling fans just appreciate it for wrestling. Not everybody is on the dirt sheets and or have a podcast or a lot of people just take it for what it is. They don't put too much thought into it. They don't hate WWE. Stuff like that. So you, sometimes I find wrestling fans put too much thought into it. Just put the damn show on for two hours Monday night or Tuesday, or Wednesday, or whatever night you're watching, just enjoy it. Uh, let's not try to put too much thought into it. And unfortunately, a lot of people, and I've fallen into it, I know both of you guys have, that's not a slight at you, that's just life, that's just the reality of it, put too much thought into, oh, this is what should be done, or could be done. Just, just throw it on, no getting in your, your dead aunt's chair, and get yourself a bottle of water, and sit on your, your hemorrhoid donut and watch two hours of TV and, and not put a lot of thought into it. I just want it to make sense. And and I just wanted to – two guys bickering over something that sounds kind of stupid. But then again, ECW fan brought up this, and I had no idea. This was a thing. Somebody can remind me if this is. This is just as bad when Edge and Booker T had their match over who was going to be in a Japanese shampoo commercial. I don't, rem I don't remember I that. I don't remember um, I, I I cannot comment on this. I'm sure I'm going to get another phone call before the show's over. He's going to tell me not. exactly. Oh, he's already where. dialing. Oh, I was Put it on that. airplane mode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing was uh, I am Dwayne was saying. Um, let's see here. Dwayne was saying um, there was a lot of teases about Cody Rhodes, you know, and they said is yeah. Seth Rollins' opportunity to make it to WrestleMania dashed. His life is now becoming a nightmare. And I believe oh. Seth, Seth Rollins did the ear thing and the camera zoomed up to his face. And then Damian Priest, uh, he did his finisher. And it's it's basically the same thing as Crossroads. Mm -hmm. So who knows what's going to happen. He said, ECW fans, this is a WrestleMania 18. WrestleMania 18 was the, the Hogan Rock match. What's he talking about? I'm not sure. He's probably going to call me. Um, What's mean eighteen for what? For the well, the, the, the Japanese shampoo commercial. Oh, 
Well, that's fucking stupid then, if that's the case. I'm going to pull up WrestleMania 18 card. I do not remember. I'm on it. <laughs> the Japanese shampoo match. Yeah, if you see that, then you know it's the right one. It was at the Sky Dome. Yeah. Correct, it was. Yeah. Where there are demented fans cheered for the wrong person, and yeah, there was a double turn. Let's see. What else? Okay, Intercontinental Championship. Rob Van Dam defeats William Regal. European champion Diamond Dallas Page defeats Christian. Uh, hardcore Championship. No one gives a shit. Maven uh, beat Goldust. Kurt Angle defeats oh. Kane. Undertaker oh. defeats Ric Flair. Edge defeats Booker T. Okay. Huh. I did not know go. that, but I, I did not know it was had anything to do with the shampoo commercial. Um, I had no idea. So That just made go. me want to watch it more. That's all I know. Yeah, now I want to find out what exactly... The shampoo happened. commercial made you... Yep. It did it for yeah. you? Oh, look there at you. you. Good on you, bud. Man, you, growing the, you growing the beard back there, uh, Mr. Savage? I uh, I trimmed it again because I got my hair cut today, so I like trimmed it up so it would be like kind of like look like the right length of my sides. and It looks but... good. Thank you. I appreciate that. However, I didn't do the just for men, so... Uh... Ah, ah, doing the Just for Men comment here. I see. Hmm. No, no die I needed. Bullshit. Yes. I don't die my beard. I you don't yes. have to, nope. You've never dyed your beard. I don't dye my never, Wait for never it. Never dyed my beard, never dyed my hair. Wait for it. It's a it's a great experience. Especially when you got the young guys at work saying, like, looks like someone jizzed on your uh, chin. And I'm like, oh, thanks, guys. That's great. Wow. Yeah. Someone made a comment because you have a white patch on your don't beard. Don't say that to me. Once it looks like someone like look at me, Liam. Right, yeah, it looks like the same with you. Yeah, yeah, it looks like someone just uh, you just know, on your chin. Yeah, blowed. yeah, and I, I, I looked at him and then I was like, Yeah, how's it feel like to not sleep with a woman ever? Shut the fuck up, then <laughs> oh my god, because he had leave. never slept with a woman. So, how do we know? How do you know he was a virgin? How do you know these things? Uh, just look at him, just a feeling. Yeah. So, oh my God, you guys are terrible. He, he <laughs> has he has ten thousand dollars. I don't know. Oh, he's definitely a virgin. He there has what? Go. Thank you. He ten thousand dollars in Pokemon cards, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Pokemon. If you were involved in Pokemon or, or Magic the Gathering, let me tell you something right now. So, um, no, you're you're not seeing the inside <laughs> of anyone's underwear anytime soon. Maybe his own. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Whose shirt Trust are me. you? Whose shirt are you wearing tonight, Bud? What is that? This is a Britt Baker DMD. That's what I thought. I can't see the picture in the middle. Oh, it's just the belt with blood. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. it's the old belt from uh, her and Thunder Rosa match. Right now, they've got the um, the North American title. Yeah. Yes. What? What? The Mid South. Mid. It's got the Mid South belt. I like oh, it. No, it's a good belt. It's huge yeah. as shit, though. Good. Good. Oh, this is. A well, I hate those gift. women's belts. Why are women's belts always made to look so dainty? Because like, women are dainty. Well, you can't have the belt the same size as the men. It won't look right. Well, it the WWE does it. WWE has a big obnoxious W on it, and it's just, oh, we're going to change the strap color. Hey, it's better than Medusa's uh, belt or Alundra Blaze's, whatever. That was the that, shits. That thing was remember. so tiny, it looked like it came in a Happy Meal. 
It was like the smallest shit. It's the one that she dropped in the trash on Nitro. Mm-hmm. It was god awful. Terrible belt. Yeah. Do you either one of you guys have championship belts? I I had the ECW World Title at one point and uh, the 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 Taz one and uh, sold it to somebody I don't remember. You sold the ECW one? Yeah. Um, my buddy who has the uh, you know the Extreme Collector he has he has like the old school like the first ECW title like which was the Tri-State title Correct. he has that. And he has like all the other ones, but yeah, like that was he a nice has, belt. I thought he has your ECW title. No, 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 no. No, he has he has all the titles, like every version they did of the titles, like every single one. I think he even has the FTW one, if I'm not mistaken. But not ring worn, just replica. No, not ring worn. He does have some ring worn stuff, though. He has uh, Shane Douglas's. Uh, you remember his leather jacket he wore? It had franchise in the back, and it was all like fringed out. He owns that. Oh, wow. Yeah, he owns like a lot of weird, crazy shit. So, yeah. I wonder what retail value is on all that. A lot. Sure. His collection's worth so, a lot. Really? Oh, yeah. Douglas' jacket could be worth a lot. I would think so. Hmm. That's just me, though. I don't know. What would yeah, you rather? Next what to would, nothing. What would you rather have? A pair of trunks or a pair of boots of somebody signed? Uh, depends who it is, I guess. You know, like if it was say like if it was Barry Windham, then I'd want his boots because he has the Austin Hall boots, like the, uh, you know, the, the real nice boots. boots. Right, but yeah. Well, didn't didn't Dustin Rhodes wear those same kind? Yep. Yeah, it, it's the Austin Hall boot company. They uh, quite a few of the uh, the Southern like Texas wrestlers. A lot of them wore those. Yeah, uh, I want to say uh, not. Uh, did Gordy have a pair of those as well? Uh, not offhand, I don't remember. Okay. Um, so far, Travis Bohem says between trunks and boots, he'd say boots. Yeah, I would say boots too because trunks look like a little pair of underwear. Well, it depends and if you are. get somebody that that wears like long pants with something on, like a Rick Rude. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you wouldn't want a pair of his. If you're gonna get tights, you wouldn't want his. Come I want on, the Ultimate Warrior on fantastic. them. Oh. Get the one with Cheryl Roberts on it. Well, <laughs> but really, if you're going to get a pair, a pair of tights, a pair of, that would be a solid one to get. Now, uh, yeah. uh, Steve Austin, just black speedo, nah, yeah. kind of boring. Doesn't would you Would you say you probably should have a mannequin to display them on, or how? I would assume you'd have to if you're going to display them, right? Not necessarily, man. I got a set of autograph boxing trunks just in a shadow box in my basement. Okay. Interesting. If you were okay, your your favorite sport, Liam, is what hockey? Uh, I haven't watched hockey in like seven or eight years, so no, okay. not anymore. Would you? Okay, this goes for either one of you guys, and and I'm not trying to say this is to to be goofy or anything, but if who's your favorite pro sport athlete, but like any sport at any, all? Any sport, yes. Oh, hell. Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Hold on. I'm trying to answer this damn thing. Here we go. Uh, Avril, sorry I'm a little late. My stupid phone was updating, so, so that happened. Yeah. 
that that match was WrestleMania 18. Someone, uh, they, I think they knew Tajiri or something. Like he knew some Japanese film director, and uh, with an Edge and Booker T both wanted the role, and that's how they bought at WrestleMania for a fake Japanese shampoo commercial. I mean, it, it happened. Uh, thanks, guys, but. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for letting us know. That's riveting. Like, he put he puts things into perspective. I didn't even know that happened. Would you? Okay, who's your favorite sports athlete? I'd probably be Austin Matthews. Now, who the hell's Austin Matthews? He's a hockey player. <laughs> okay, captain of the Leafs. Okay, would you would you take a signed jockstrap? Signed jockstrap? Yes. Uh, the fuck is the matter with you? No, no, I'm just, I'm, listen, I'm just asking questions here. Nobody wants on, that. No, but if, <laughs> if somebody said, hey, you know how people throw gloves out and, and baseball players throw their batting gloves out, um, would, would you, would you take us, would you take yeah, it out of here's, here's the underwear I just had shoved yeah. up my ass crack. Anybody want it? No. Yeah. And I'll wear it every Tuesday night on my head. Jesus. I'll you change my name to Aldo Montoya. Yeah. <laughs> the Portuguese man of war. You you definitely you're saying you would pass on that. Uh yeah. All right. Just I like my memorabilia, but there is a lie. Question's a question. All it right, with, doesn't with, need to be asked sometimes. With with that being said, that's everything that I have right now. Uh anything that you guys have on your mind right now? Anything whatsoever wrestling related, anything on your mind? Please share with me. Let's go to the plugs. Oh God! Just stop yeah. that. Go to the plugs. We're gonna that plug was... people. All right. No, we're go gonna ahead. plug ourselves. We are gonna yeah, plug no, ourselves. Not plugging nobody other than me. Let's first go to the Yes Man. Tell us what you want to plug. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, Got move two two nine Freeland. Follow him. Start your cock washer. That's enough out of you. you follow me on Twitter at Got move two two nine one. And um, oh. actually, pl- uh, come that. on, ass man. I continue, hate. continue. And I'm contemplating starting my own. Um... <sighs> contemplating starting what? I'm sorry. Continue. Oh my God. Continue. I'm done. I'm contemplating starting to see a shrink. That's what you've done to me. I have. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm contemplating starting a little wooden toy building business. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Making toy cars and trucks and trains and tow trucks and boats and stuff like that. All proceeds to be donated to the local food bank or the food sharing program at schools in the area. That's tremendous. That is, that's awesome. I think that's really cool that you're using your talents for a good cause. Thank you. Now I'm done. Bye-bye. That's coming out. Liam, what's new with you? How are you tonight? All right, Liam Savage, go ahead and do your plugs. Do my what? Plugs. Butt plug? What was that, Freeland? You want a butt plug? What? (laughs) I'm sorry. We don't have any of those right now. Oh, my God. Come back another time. Shut you the fuck down, didn't I? Okay. (laughs) Anyways. Motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so, yeah, I'm the one talking, I thought, well, there we go, okay, I'm on the screen now, and if you're listening on audio, you're like, what the fuck's going on? I don't know, I don't run the show. Uh, so, if you guys want to follow me, go to my Twitter, Savage Liam, my link tree is up there, um, I have a YouTube channel, some of you might have heard about. And uh, just put up some Tri-State Wrestling Alliance shows that are getting a, quite a good response. It, for anybody that's not aware, that was kind of the formation for the building blocks for ECW when it became Eastern Championship Wrestling. So, if you'd like to watch some of those shows, uh, they're available on my channel. Like I said, just hit my link tree. And i got more stuff going up in the next uh, couple of days, hopefully. And, uh... There you go, people. And you're probably going to keep it on me for an uncomfortably long time. How many subscribers do you have right now on your um, YouTube? Oh, about... I think last count was like 653. Wow. Once you get to 1,000, we're going to be jumping on yours to do Super Chats. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be happening. So, uh... <laughs> People, keep subscribing. Keep subscribing to Liam's. Thank you. And to ours, to ours, to ours as well. Yeah, to ours as well. Uh, you got a ECW shirt on right now. Go ahead and show that off. That's the uh, let's see, the November to remember '95 shirt that my uh, buddy made. Uh, yeah, Sabu on there, and Terry Funk, and Tommy Dreamer, and Mick Foley, and all those good people. Very nice. Um, there you go. How's the uh, How's the uh, social life treating you right now? I'm married. I don't have one. <laughs> Liam, how's the social life? Pretty good. Uh, I didn't know I had one either. Uh, you have a social life. Come on, right? You got eh, a social life. Eh. Um, I've got tickets for a beer fex- fest. Not festival. No festival next. Uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after. Okay. That should be interesting. And I didn't get this. I, I'm sorry. Uh, and this week, I think I'm going to Toronto to buy some albums uh, on Saturday. And other than that, I start my new job next Monday. And uh, yeah, hopefully I don't fuck it up. Oh, I think you're going to do great. I'm happy. For oh, you. I hope so. You'll do fine. Yeah. What's the. What's the uh, what's the temp right now in the garage? I don't fucking know. My meteorologist. Well, I can see your breath. I mean, do you have any hot chocolate out there? No, but I have this, uh, you know, this coffee milk stout. Remember the one I was showing you? Oh, delicious! Mm-hmm. It really warmed me up. Is it creamy? Even it's cold. It is. It's moist as well. <laughs> I love moist. There you moist go. Moist and creamy. Oh, I love it. All right, guys, you can oh follow me on social media Jesus. as well if you uh, so desire. I am at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. No space in between. Don't give me a double E. Um, also, check out the Freeland 5 each and every day. We talk about the five most trending news stories in wrestling as it crosses all the major wrestling websites. I talk about them. I give you my opinion. 
Show drops every single day, so five days a week you're going to get a an edition of the Freeland Five as well. Um, I'm also going to be releasing some more chapters with the book club, which should be really good. Hopefully we'll be moving on with that. And uh, that seems to be everything. All right. So for the writ, uh, who is unfortunately not able to be with us this evening, for Anton Heidnick, who is also um, indisposed this evening. He's busy as well. Uh, For the butt, for Liam Savage, I am Mike Freeland. We will catch you next week on Front Row Material. The rule of